On today's episode of National Pastime, the 53-man rosters are set and the boys talk about the cuts that surprise them most. We also break down the obvious tank job from the Arizona Cardinals, as well as the shocking trade sending Trey Lance to the Dallas Cowboys. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and go ahead and follow us on Twitter at MPT Football. Thank you for listening, and enjoy the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of National Pastime. John Toaster and J-Rob here, and today is roster cutdown day in the NFL. The preseason is officially over um, as of 4 p.m. Eastern time today. All NFL teams had to have their roster down to at most 53 players. Um, so I, there are some big storylines from this week we want to get into. Trey Lance being traded to the Cowboys, probably the biggest of all of them. But we do want to start with the surprises of cut day and what better place to start than Bailey Zappi being waived by the Patriots. I for sure did not see that one coming. I think uh, our first thought and Toaster, you said it in the group chat. And then I saw like everybody on Twitter too say it's Malik Cunningham time. And then like immediately they said they're waving Malik Cunningham. So McCorkle Jones is the only quarterback on the Patriots roster. And I just want to know why. Whereas the Cardinals went through the theory of having six quarterbacks on their roster during, you know, the preseason. I, I, I don't have words for this one. Um, you know that I'll always hold Bill Belichick near and dear to my heart. I think he's legitimately the greatest defensive mind of all time, potentially one of the best game managers of all time. One of the biggest GMs that got in his own way. Um, I, I don't understand how you go through an entire preseason and you end up with one quarterback on your roster. And that's a quarterback that you have not necessarily said you have confidence in being your starter long-term. Yeah. I, I'm just shocked. Like I was Zappy that bad and the offensive line was that bad. Okay. So, you know, maybe you need to go a a direction where you've got a more mobile quarterback that can like a Malik Cunningham off. potentially. I don't know somebody that can just improvise, maybe right. provide a spark off the bench. It's similar to what Bailey Zappi did and why people were going through Zappi mania after he started two games last year, because he just made decisions and went for it. Like yeah. Malik at least can be a playmaker. Mac Jones will never be that athlete that's extending the play and making something out of nothing. Uh, it's never been his game and he's just not built to be that type of quarterback. So with yeah. with how decimated that offensive line is, um, their their offensive line was awful four or five years ago, and they brought back Skarnecchia out of retirement to coach the OL, and that's when they started going back to Super Bowls. I, I just think that this is a deficiency in Bill Belichick's repertoire that he does not know how to coach that offensive line, and unfortunately can't compensate that for that with Mac Jones. Could have with Malik Cunningham, but can't do anything with Mac Jones. I'm I'm dumbfounded right now. Cunningham, I am assuming, will at least get back to the practice squad. And, you know, he's he's more of a project anyway. So I can understand them not wanting to put too much on his plate to be the backup to Mac Jones. But I I mean, this and also me one just... more thing on that, just to like in general, the NFL's kind of played along their lines of like 
I if I like this guy, let him get it his way back to my practice squad, right? And there's kind of like a wink, wink, nod, nod there that unless you have a vision for this person, Malik's probably going to end up back with the team, right? Yeah, I don't I don't think there's any like it, you also have to look at the the roster construction of other teams around the league too, and I don't know how many teams are going to be willing to use a roster spot um to to of snatch him from the patriots yeah, yeah. so it, i think he probably sticks there zappy i would assume gets claimed by somebody probably but it, regardless you're sitting there with your active roster as mac being the only quarterback like i'm assuming they're going towards a a veteran here they're going to try to snag one of these veterans that was cut from one of these rosters like it that's got to be the only as, as much as I shit on Bill Belichick, the GM right there, I mean, is this a chess checker situation where he's he's saving onto that 54th person knowing that he's going to be able to get his Bailey Zappi back, his veteran quarterback, you know, Carson Wentz, somebody off the somebody that's unclaimed right now and Malik. OK, sweet. I'm back in. I'm back in. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think there's a few scenarios where you can across the league where that's also in play. So I, we'll see. We kept that uh, seventh off ball linebacker um, from, yeah. from getting claimed from somebody else. Yeah. Smart move. Definitely chess playing chess over there. Um, yeah. I, I don't really know what else there is to say about that. I mean, it's a, that was probably the most surprising move the biggest name that most people were probably aware of, but what were there any other cuts that stood out to you guys that you were maybe a little surprised by, or maybe it didn't have to be a cut per se, but a, a move or a guy staying on a roster that you thought would be gone. J Rob, anything that stands out? Uh, I mean, the fact that Jonathan Taylor is still on the roster, but also got put on the PUP list. So he's out for the first four weeks. Uh, Toaster said this earlier, so I guess I'm just going to take some of his info. Like, they cut a shit ton of running backs knowing Jonathan Taylor's going to not be playing. So, yeah. you know, they're not really in a tank position because they got their guy in Anthony Richardson, so it just seems weird. They got their tank. <laughs> right? Yeah. <clears throat> Unless they're trying to tank and just be like, yo, Anthony, you're going to move to running back and we'll have <laughs> uh, Caleb run the quarterback. Let's but, bring Wentz back. He's still a free agent. <laughs> oh, God. But, yeah, that one's probably a little bit of a head scratcher also i i know we talked about it but i just don't know if jonathan taylor's even going to be healthy enough to be worth a trade this year um i know I it's a lot of yeah. hearsay but he's walking a little awkward and so it's hard to tell i'm it this but it gives me like james harden fat suit vibes like <laughs> it, is he just not trying to you know like he yeah, because he wants to get moved. obviously expressed how upset he is with the situation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think my Somebody doesn't want to play for Jim Mersey. Yeah, what? strange. Right. Especially as Jim Mersey, like, you know, somebody needs to get his drunk ass off Twitter um, before they did. He pisses off. Elon Musk did technically. <laughs> yeah. now. Well, well, I don't know. I still have to go to Twitter.com in order to to read this stuff. So, um yeah, that situation, it just seems so strange. I I assume that they just didn't want to look like they were going to lose a trade and there's nobody that's was out there offering thing, anything of value, especially knowing that you're going to have to pay him as well in order to, you know, make good on the deal. So it's just a tough situation for Jonathan Taylor. But like, 
I don't know if this it's well, it's reality, but I also don't know from the Colts perspective if they handled this properly because you're going to get the most value out of him happy if you're going to get 17 games. So now if you're only getting 13 games out of him, like, okay, I was offering a a conditional sixth before here's a seventh rounder, you know, like it's just doesn't seem to add up. That one, that one was probably more surprising to me than the the Bailey Zappi cut, just because you're taking out your best offensive weapon, or at least has been your best offensive weapon, for a guaranteed four games, and yeah. that's nothing that has been even part of the discussion up until this point, right? You're trying, you're trying to move them, you're trying to move them, and then if anything, this is the this was the twist of the knife to say guess what? No one's going to take you right now because you're missing a quarter of the season. So there you go. We just hardballed you. Yeah. And I don't know, man, like think about what a powerful backfield that would be with Jonathan Taylor and Anthony Richardson. And maybe we still get to see it at some point, but it just seems like you would want to do as much as possible for Anthony and you know, one of the ways no, you do that is already lean shown on the that they don't do that because they didn't even start them in the second preseason game. They didn't get them any reps when they had them available. Like, I yeah, don't but that think... was that was a situation where it was like a joint practice deal that week with the Bears, and a lot of teams were sitting guys after joint practices. I, I can't like necessarily jump on them for that, but and then he I, went six for seventeen in his next appearance because he's clearly you know ready to yeah, go and read yeah. those, those defenses. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, although you wouldn't know it based on what everybody had to say about his performance in that game, you would have thought he was like 12 of 13 or something. And yeah, um, it's an interesting situation there, as always with Jim Irsay. Um, You know, he's really gunning for the title of least likable owner now that Tan Snyder is out of the league. But um yeah, we'll see if anybody ends up biting and and throws them a draft pick that's worthy enough for Jonathan Taylor. Otherwise, strange, strange situation there. All right, moving on from cut day, the biggest news of the week, the 49ers finally give up on Trey Lance. They trade him to the Cowboys. I'm... They invested in Bitcoin. <laughs> that's basically the what they did. <laughs> that's basically what they did. I mean... You look at the situation holistically, and it's just so strange. And, you know, they gave up three first-round picks plus to get Trey Lance. There were rumors at the time that Kyle Shanahan didn't even want Trey Lance. He wanted Mac Jones, but he got convinced to take the big shiny toy. He's been hurt, so we really haven't seen him. He's thrown all of, like, 400 passes in his uh, post-high school career, like, I just don't know, A, what he is. Like, does he suck? I don't know. Um, he's clearly not good enough to beat out Sam Darnold to be the backup. He's not good enough to beat out Kyle Allen as the backup. Like, I think the reason that they moved on was that they weren't even willing to keep him around as number three. It's just it, it's such a weird situation. And, and the move by the Cowboys, like... Other than the, you know, you could sell me on pretty much any team, like taking a flyer on Lance, right? But like, if you're the Cowboys, why make your quarterback situation any more complicated? And you already are going to have Dak coming up needing a new deal. 
And now you're throwing this into the mix and it's like, how do you balance getting Trey reps to, to progress? But you know, they're in like win now mode. It's like such a weird team to ultimately pick him up. Um, What were your first thoughts when uh, you saw this come through J Rob? Uh, I did think it was funny that we were talking about, we had a pretty good debate back and forth on if we thought Dak was like, a top tier NFC quarterback and he is good, but it's just funny that like a week later, Jerry Jones is like, you know what, you know what, maybe we'll bring in some competition for a top three quarterback in the NFC. Uh, it is weird, especially knowing, knowing what we know now about the Patriots moving on from their entire Ross, like their entire quarterback depth chart. Like they could have used someone like that. Denver could have probably like gone out knowing like it didn't take much to get a guy that could be a project for a team that has a quarterback yeah. in the now situation I feel like it's just Jerry being bored like it's a way to bring news to Dallas I think he views it as any news as good news whether it's drama or success and so he's like fuck it let's take a flyer like wouldn't it be cool if Trey Lance became a cowboy and carried us to the promised land and he just like creates these Jerry Jones like narratives in his head and goes with it I don't can know we take it's a step, can we take a step back though like we were talking about him potentially going to the Denver Broncos and you're like, do you flip a second round pick, take a chance on Lance? Like getting a potential quarterback, starting quarterback in the fourth round, a future fourth rounder, by the mm-hmm. way, for somebody that's missed multiple games every season for the last couple seasons, like that is ultimate low risk, high potential reward. I yeah, can't blame right. Dallas in any way whatsoever. Definitely. Like, I wouldn't have blamed any team for the move. It just feels like Dallas feels like a weird team to do this. Like, if the Vikings did this, I'd be like, home run, absolutely nothing to lose. Like Dolphins. Dolphins even? Like, sure. You know, it, there's so many teams that made sense. The Cowboys just weren't really one of them for me. But I guess where do you put the blame in this situation now toaster because i feel like kyle shanahan's kind of getting off without too much catching too much heat here i don't i don't think it's shanahan i shanahan's persevering this is all on john lynch and forcing that pick when you look through john lynch's track record of first round draft picks solomon thomas 2017 no longer on the team reuben foster Oh, you mean when they could have drafted Patrick Mahomes? Yeah. When I'm they could have drafted board. Ah, uh, they couldn't they could not draft Trubisky. That's right. He was off the board by that pick. Um <laughs> but Ruben Foster starting in the XFL right now after a couple, you know, prison sentences. Mike McGlinchey on the Broncos. I just want to hold on. I just want to call out that those first two people, they were like lauded for making those moves at the time. They're like, oh, oh I got a couple extra yep. thirds for Solomon Thomas and then Reuben Foster with the 30th pick in the first round. Oh, my God. And not <laughs> saying like this is an easy game, like 50 percent of these guys or 75 percent of first rounders don't even make it to their second contract. Right. Like it's a hit and miss game. But the one that's going under the radar right now is Nick Bosa is not with the team. Like you don't have Bosa on What's your going defense. on there. Is it contract? Yeah, he's hasn't he hasn't played all preseason. He's holding out right now. How have I not heard about that? Like yeah. he's holding out or he's just like chilling. No, he's holding out. He will be fined millions of dollars 
and is not with the team right now. You yeah. got Javon Kinlaw, who was a potential roster casualty. Brandon Ayuk, who did the same thing last year because he was unhappy with him with what was going on. And then Trey Lance, and then they don't have a first round pick for another couple of years because of the the Lance trade, short of what they got back from the Broncos, I think, right? Yeah, but but a uh, question though. My understanding about the structure of their football organization is while John Lynch is the general manager, Kyle Shanahan holds the the power. Like he gets final say on the decisions. Now, I obviously called out that there's rumors that he didn't want to take Lance and was maybe convinced to do so. But I, I still think when it comes down to it, like those those types of roster decisions have to fall on Shanahan. And it, may, and it may fall on both of them, but what I would say if I was in Shanahan in this scenario right now, if somebody's coming after me and saying, hey, these are shitty draft picks, you're like, guess what? I took some dude off a street corner and turned <laughs> him into a starting quarterback. Guess what? Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo went 5-0 and against or with yeah. me when he was traded midseason. Like, Jimmy's I can, the EPA god. <laughs> exactly. Like, I can fucking turn any quarterback into a diamond. Like, you want? why would we even have wasted those draft picks to move up because I mean can you imagine the different narrative right now if they had picked Mac Jones who is in my opinion probably just a slightly more accurate and polished Brock Purdy like yeah. they they <laughs> they're NFC championship contenders with no quarterback and then you turn somebody in that just says hey just put the ball where I fucking tell you to put the ball and yeah. that's what Brock Purdy is right now yeah it's such a wild situation all around and I just, I don't know. Like part of me thinks that we will be talking about Trey Lance like four years from now and he's finally going to get a shot somewhere and we're going to be like, Oh, this is it, man. Like he's, he's going to do it. And, and I don't fully disagree that he could like in a few, like look at Gino, right? Like the talents there, and obviously, Gino had way more reps coming out than Trey did. And I don't know how Trey gets those at the NFL level, frankly. But, like, it, the talent is there. And I'm just, like, so blown away that they weren't able to make it work. And it got to a point where they – the way that – I don't know, how, like, what their – obviously, their end goal is to win the Super Bowl. But I, saying, like – thinking not just this year but longer term like how far out they're looking the fact that they were more like they felt better about keeping sam darnold around than they did this guy is just it's mind-blowing to me well that's the part that was the most surprising to me was that they kept three quarterbacks because i felt like if you're going to keep three quarterbacks you hang on to lance you've had Right. three quarterbacks go down injured just in the last season so maybe you do actually need your third string quarterback and instead they hang on to brandon allen like that is the most telling to me that they're like i it's shanahan not being able to trust lance it's like you may have all the athletic talent in the world strong arm i need to know where you're going to put the fucking ball and you don't yeah. know where the ball is going to go and that will not work in my system is shanahan so. the lebron of the nfl where it's just like, hey, man, this is the way. If you don't follow, you're fucking gone. I don't care who you are. I don't care how good you are. I mean, that's what made Bill Belichick an offensive or defensive genius is it's just like, I don't give a 
you're not the most talented person, but you're going to be play within the scheme. That's why they got rid of Chandler Jones, right? It's like he started freelancing. Yeah. It's like, guess what? You put the 10 other guys on the field as a handicap at a handicap when they don't know that you're performing your responsibility. And that's that's all that Shanahan wants as a quarter out of a quarterback is just say, just put the ball within the system where it's going to be. And with Trey Lance, that might be in the dirt. That might be fucking five yards high. No, nobody freaking knows. But like, wait, and this is always going to be the discussion until he finally wins a Super Bowl. Like, does he need to change his approach there? Does he need to have somebody that can elevate the ceiling a little bit more at that position? Gosh, if Jimmy just made that fucking throw. (laughs) True. It's never a conversation. (laughs) It was one throw and the entire (sighs) Mahomes dynasty is gone. Like, that's the fun part about the NFL, right? Tucker never happens. Then Brady is some, you know, wash sixth round draft pick, right? And then, like, fucking Jimmy G hits that throw and holy shit, he's he's the fucking king. He's probably still there. He's Joe Montana, you know, reincarnated. Yeah, dude. He's probably still there. Oh, man. That's just insane. Um, All right. But the fact that they're able to be this successful while missing consistently on first-round draft picks or not having first-round draft picks, dude can coach. Um, He may not be able to get you to, you know, the precipice. Like, he may pucker up when, you know, he's got a 28-3 lead or something like that. But (laughs) it, like, dude can fucking get the most out of his players. And he'll get uh, your coaching yeah. staff fucking paid. Or at least I know. like Robert Sala gone, D'Amico Ryan. Like, shit, the number of third round compensatory draft picks that are rolling through there. That's where John Lynch <laughs> is making his money now. Taking it Jake really Beauty is. and shit. It's how they can afford to do this. Yep. Like, it, it's crazy. Um. All right. Well, you guys really that... didn't know that, Joe, that Nick Bosa was in a no. contract? Yeah, he's definitely out? holding out. And apparently no Lynch idea. is super pissed about it. I had no idea. That's uh, that's pretty crazy. But I mean, he's. I hate. It's only getting paid seventeen million on his fifth year option or something like that. Yeah, and he's going to be a thirty million dollar player, like when it's all said and done. So I I get it, but um, the 49ers definitely need him out there. So yeah. um, hopefully that that gets resolved one way or the other. Um, they're my they're my pick for surprise upset week one, but we'll get into that next week. Oh my Ooh. god. We're one week away from having football (laughs) until fucking February. Real football. No, I love it. Um, All right. One of the other big storylines this week was that three, the three top quarterbacks taken in this year's draft. Uh, We we will talk about the Cardinals and possibly Clayton Toon, I think, in a little (laughs) bit too. But um, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson are all starting week one for their teams. Um, the preseason wasn't exactly kind to all three of them, but this is the direction the NFL is going. Now you get those guys in, you get them reps. Um, well, I I mean, that's the direction all smart coaches go, Matt Nagy. Um, but (laughs) I'm really interested in all three of their situations, like how this could play out. Like Bryce Young looks to be, and probably no surprise, the guy that's most ready, the Panthers just look pretty bad. And when the situation hasn't been great around him, he, he has been, uh, he's looked a little shaky. So I think he just needs reps um, and he needs the team around him to get a little bit better. 
Stroud, um, kind of what we thought he was so far, like in the preseason, like when the situation's great, the pocket's clean and, you know, he knows where to go with the ball. Like he throws a great ball. It looks great when you're forcing him to freelance a little bit. Um, it gets a little dicey and Richardson as well. It's been a fucking tank, been impossible to tackle. And he was like six of 17 or something in, in week three. So he's all over the place. Like these guys have all sort of, I think, shown us who they are, who we thought they were to some degree. But nonetheless, the fact that they're all starting is pretty impressive of the three of them. I, I'll go to each of you guys here. Like, who do you think ultimately is going to put together the best rookie year? And obviously their situations are all slightly different, but um, you know, I think you can maybe make a case for any one of them, depending on what your flavor is. Are we metricing like fantasy football? Are we metricing team performance? Are we metricing individual growth development? What, what do we I want would just to say like, I think, by the end of the year, like looking at their performance, who would you say hit like performed the best? It doesn't have to be counting stats necessarily. Um, definitely doesn't have to be fantasy stats. But it, and I think from a team perspective, I mean, none of these teams are probably expected to do too much. So I wouldn't put too much stock in that anyway. Like who who do you think is going to, given what we've seen from them so far, have the most success right away in the NFL? I think it's going to be CJ Stroud. I think really? he's in I think he's in a a weaker division. He's in a system where the players are bought in. I think everyone's in on that new coaching staff. Um and he has some talent around him. I know it's not a ton of talent, but more than you think, honestly. It's, exactly. Like they've they've invested a little bit better and I think that he's set up to play within himself behind uh, not questionable offensive line, but not the greatest offensive line. And I think that that Bryce Young's going to be out of his element quite often because there is no left tackle on that team, quite frankly. He's going to be running for his life. I'm not sure if he can fit into Baker May Mayfield's flak jacket suit, but he should probably consider something like that um, just to keep him upright. And I think Richardson will put up stats and be successful, but I think you're still going to say, like, hey, hey you're – you're 13 games in so far, maybe you're 30 games in by the end of this year, but we still need to get to that 40 game threshold that, uh, you know, Bill Parcells and all of them say you need to have before we're able to actually evaluate you for what you're going to be. Yeah. I, I mean, in Stroud, uh, to your point, like, I think a lot of people are sleeping on the Texans roster as a whole. I know a lot of people think that, and they will, don't get me wrong, probably be in that, like, discussion for the number one overall pick but if Stroud can play up to his potential and and really like show that high floor that I think a lot of people think he has like they're gonna lean hard on Damian Pierce their pass catching group has looked good there's talent there I I, I don't hate it for sure I I can totally buy that uh, J-Rob are you buying the Ohio State guy as well or are you going a different direction I mean, for the sake of just clinging on to Ohio State quarterbacks actually being good for once, I do want to <laughs> see C.J. Stroud succeed. Um, Haven Fields popping off this year would be pretty tight. Um, but I'm going to lead Richardson for kind of a different reason. I think he's just so physically just overpowering that when shit goes haywire, he can just tuck the ball and run. And 
I'm not saying this is what Fields has become, but I feel like we might see a Field-esque-like season from Richardson this year where it's like, you know what? First read's not open. My pocket's collapsing. I can truck two dudes on the way to a first down. Just fucking go. And so I think he'll probably put up the most inspiring piece of tape in like what you have with him, but it is going to come down to how is his defense going to, how is he going to read defenses? Is he going to commit to throwing the football instead of just one read and going? Um, But yeah, I like, I like Richardson to be the one to step up this season just because Bryce Young's going to be running for his life. And to Toaster's point, he's not built to take hits and these guys are going to fucking get after him. He took a few in the preseason already that I like he got up fine. It didn't look like he was hurt or anything. But when the hit happened, I was it, like, damn, it, it's going to add up like this is yeah. first stringers against second stringers on a lot of these hits. And once you get into true game day, all it takes is one. And I, I hate saying that, like I Bryce Young seems like a fantastic human being, super talented quarterback. He's just you put a small guy behind a line that's not going to give him the time to do what he's best at. And it it's going to be perilous. Yeah, it, it looks to be the toughest situation for Bryce Young, and I don't think a lot of people necessarily thought that of this group uh, when the draft occurred. I, I'm kind of on going down the road you are, J-Rob, with Richardson. I think Richardson is going to be the one that can make the biggest jump, right, with with the reps that he's going to get, with the NFL coaching that he's going to get, with, frankly, with the just... he has. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the thighs. Yes, yeah, he's definitely going to make the biggest jump if we're going to go that route. Um, but also, what he dealt with at Florida last year was a subpar group of college pass catchers. Not much of an O line to speak of. Like he, even when he did things right, it looked wrong at times last year. And I think he's going to be like, we obviously saw the accuracy thing needs to get sorted. And I I don't think we're going to have really an idea of what he is in that department for at least a couple of years. But I think he's going to have more easy looks available to him this year than he had all last year at Florida. And add in his ability to make like those special plays with his legs and I mean, I, I agree. I think the stat line might not look great for him by the end of the year, especially if he's completing like sub 50% of his passes, but it, it's going, he's going to be somebody that is going to give you a player two every single week that you're like, okay, let's just get a little more. You're not going to move on from him for a fourth round draft pick three years from now. No, definitely not. And, you know, knock on wood, but Anthony Richardson uh, doesn't seem like he's very easy to break. And for some reason, Trey Lance was. Um, so I think we're not going to have to worry about that with him too much. Um, I'm excited about all three of these guys, though, frankly. And I love that they're just getting thrown into the fire. Um, you know, I I hope God Bryce Young stays healthy. Um, because if we have to see like 10 plus games of Andy Dalton, um, well, we probably won't be watching uh, many Panthers games if that's the case, but uh, I'm, I'm excited to see how these guys all pan out. I think like any draft class where you've got a bunch of guys going high, like the 2001 class uh, we've talked about, you know, a lot already this, this episode, it, you're always interested to see how they all track together. And um, 
I think it could be a fun group, which includes a potential Cardinal starter, Clayton Toon. Um, we want to talk about the very obvious tank job of the Cardinals that they've got going on here. Like it, <clears throat> at least they're are doing they, it. They're not even trying to hide it. You know what I mean? Like, you know what? I'm here for it. I'm tired of the teams. They're like, <clears throat> no, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. We need to sell tickets. Like we need, we need people to care this year so we can make money. They're just like, nope, fuck it. Like you know what we're here for. If you're showing yeah. up for games, you're sho- <clears throat> you're showing up for our future. Like we're fucking tanking this year. I mean, if you're a Cardinals fan, though, like I wouldn't be spending. It's not like their future is on the field at all. That it, like their their future is playing for USC right now. Um, <laughs> like, why why even show up? It's one thing if it might be one thing if you have like a a late round. Well. I mean, I guess depending on how excited you are about Clayton Tune, I I'm not getting super excited about him, frankly. But it's like if you have a late round rookie quarterback, and it's like, eh, yeah, let's see what we got here. I don't know. Like this is just they took the one viable NFL starting quarterback on this roster and got rid of him. And they the guy who's probably going to start by the sounds of it, Josh Dobbs, they just picked up for a late round draft pick, and this week. And he's he's gonna just be thrown right in. Like it's pretty bad. And I I mean we joked a little bit about this before the show. The fact that Jonathan Gannon um is not naming a starter for competitive advantage sake is like can the Cardinals just not be weird for like one <laughs> fucking second? Like I just don't get it. It, it honestly has me thinking like what is it, does Jonathan Gannon get through the year? Like it, there's no way they they're already paying too many coaches and general managers not to be there. So from that perspective, probably, <laughs> but like if you're handicapping this thing, like I would maybe throw like 10 and a half games out, you know, for him, I guess, I guess the expectations are so low, right. That it, it, there's no way that it's going to be that bad, but it's just already oh. a shit show. So you're you're calling Caleb Williams and Cliff Kingsbury making their redebut <laughs> for the the Cardinals next year? It would not shock me if they uh, tried to buy out. Well, it, there's probably more money at USC than there is uh, there with the Bidwells. But I was <laughs> I was gonna say it wouldn't shock me if they tried to buy out Lincoln Riley and brought him along too, because that would be uh, the dream. I think if I'm, you're a Cardinals fan, I'm in so much pain right now. I hadn't done my research on this part of it. I didn't know that this was going to be within the scope. Josh Dobbs has 85 attempts in his professional career in, in oh, yeah. seven seasons. I, he was a fifth like, round pick, I think. They're trying to spin it that, like, he, you know, the the quarterbacks coach uh, or offensive coordinator for the Cardinals, you know, his former Browns, like, they've got some rapport and stuff there. And, like, I, dude's got practice squad rapport. Like what the fuck is happening here? Yeah, I mean, he quote unquote knows the playbook. Hey, there you go. Because the ball off because they played the Cardinals last year, and he was the scout team QB. So (laughs) he's like, okay, yep, I know what the Cardinals are doing. Wow, this is just put Tune in there. Um, I wanted it from the start, not because I think Tune's going to be successful, but it's one of those. I mean, if you have a Brock Purdy at your disposal and you don't know it because they never get to develop in the league um just just give them the shot you know same thing with oh, yeah. richardson just like give them the, give them the reps 
you're you're not fooling anybody here but wow this was this was more painful than i expected it to be quite frankly wow yeah <sighs> j-rob do you have any faith in the cardinals this year that they are not going to like where where are you putting your money on them having the number one pick like are are you how confident do you feel there how many I mean, units are you dropping on them? to be I mean, fair the, the NFL, colors are red and black so you, you stand a good chance of hitting i'm <laughs> hitting on one of them 50, 50. i mean the nfl is always just a shit show where especially with the nfc with how weak the conference looks this year it's probably one of the weirder times where it's like a very bad NFC team is probably making it to the playoffs. Uh, maybe not very bad, but a team that probably doesn't deserve to make playoffs is going to make playoffs. So I want to say it's minus money that the Cardinals would be the first overall pick, but I'd feel confident. I'd be, I'd be comfortable going like plus a hundred on like the Cardinals getting like the first overall pick. So uh, sorry, keep going. Oh, I just, because of what they're trying to not do. You know, they're trying to field a roster that is just filling bodies. And I know that's a little bit of a slight on the players that are there. It's hard to make the NFL, and I don't want to, like, shit guys that have, like, you know, living out their dream. But they're clearly putting effort to not win football games on paper. Oh, yeah. And so It's pretty bad. I feel bad for the guys there, but hopefully it can maybe springboard some of them. Maybe they're looking to shed some guys at the trade deadline. You know, maybe it springboards them into a better situation for some of these players. But yeah, I'm I'm feeling pretty good about the Cardinals sucking some big ass this year. Yeah, I'm. I was just looking at uh, so Sumer Sports uh, for anyone not familiar is an analytics uh, football company. Uh, they actually work with teams directly, but um, they have a uh, league table heading into the season and based on their data, they have the Cardinals with a 21% chance to land the number one overall pick. Um, that doesn't sound very high until you realize that the Houston Texans are second and they have 8%. So the Cardinals technically have a 29% chance here of getting the number one overall pick, uh, according to Sumer Sports. Um, it, that is wild to be that much of a favorite for the number one overall pick like it's gonna be they don't bad. have a quarterback they just i, I know i know <laughs> <sighs> it's like christian mccaffrey in the nfc fucking playoffs right there there's like hey somebody get back there this is just I don't know. And watching Isaiah Simmons just show up on a Friday and start fucking balling for the, the Giants in a preseason game on a Saturday for a seventh round draft pick. I mean, they essentially traded Isaiah Simmons and uh, I can't remember the other guy's name that got traded, but their third overall, their third round draft pick um, lineman from that same draft class for Joshua Dobbs. It just it makes no sense. Steve Kime put on a fucking master class of how not to draft like give him i will absolutely give credit where credit's due moving on from josh rosen and taking kyler murray was the right move but every single pick and move he made from that point on was like holy shit, man like the fact that isaiah simmons they drafted him as an off-ball linebacker they toyed with putting him at safety it looks like the giants were running him at like edge or outside linebacker he's been playing like musical positions 
Yeah, exactly. They drafted uh, three off-ball linebackers in like four years in the first round, and none of them ended up playing off-ball linebacker ultimately. Zayvon Collins, I, I believe, moved to edge for them this year. Or yeah, this offseason. So like it just insanely bad. Um, the tank is on. Traded, tank is on traded for Ertz, traded for for hollywood like i just ugh. with here here's something though that i hadn't really considered uh until i saw the tweet that i saw you guys but like if you're somebody like let's say stan Kroenke, who's heavily invested in um you know he's in the los angeles area uh you know division rival of the cardinals what about you just throw like a cool 10 mil or something uh, Caleb Williams way to not come out this next year, Ooh. knowing you're probably going to be the number one pick in the next draft class as well, and just totally fuck the Cardinals. Like the NIL wrinkle there uh, makes it a little bit fun. I'm curious to know how much of those sorts of conversations – actually go on uh if they do at all um that I, would be rough i understand the premise i feel like there's going to be a little bit too much press on basically offering a dude 10 million dollars for sitting out a year like that's not a typical nil nil deal so um nothing to my knowledge improper about it at this point in time though so it, it's a peculiar potential interesting question but um i'd much more likely see an eli uh manning situation where it's like you can draft me but i'm not playing for you type of deal yeah and if the cardinals hold the top two picks you know i mean like they might be able to pull off a trade that's pretty good for them and just like hey we're interested in number one for number two this year okay (laughs) (laughs) exactly oh boy all right so Outside of the very obvious tank job from the Cardinals. Uh, uh, one question about the tank job. Yes. Knowing they're openly tanking now, do you think they trade Kyler Murray during the season? Or do you think they wait till the offseason to make sure that they're securing that number one pick before moving on from Kyler? Yeah, I think they're going to wait to know the the draft positions of not only them themselves, but other teams that could be offering up uh his his value will unfortunately be highest during the offseason anyways right like i mean short of a contender losing their quarterback and thinking that kyler's the missing piece like even let's just say brock purdy goes down right sam Darnold goes down 49ers need a quarterback i don't think that they're making the types of moves that you would need to to get kyler murray mid-season yeah i agree i think i think it's an offseason play at this point in time let the let the bidding war start then when you got somebody like a Kirk Cousins walking out the door. Uh, I think we're going to Baker Mayfield next, so no quarterback in Tampa. Like you've got you've got options to to put teams against each other in the offseason that you don't necessarily midseason. Yeah. Um, speaking though, B- Baker won the job convincingly against Kyle Trask, although I, I don't know how hard Is that, a tall that really would have been. Yeah, uh, seriously. I'm still so pissed off about that draft pick. I don't know how t- fucking Tom Brady didn't walk out of the room at that point in time. Just being like, yep. I know you guys talked to me about this, but this, this, no, this is not acceptable. We have a very clear window and you're wasting it on 
a Florida quarterback? Like when have they ever been successful? <laughs> Speaking of like the, the most recent hard knocks episode, there's that clip where Zach Wilson is talking to Kyle Trask at midfield after the game. And he's talking about like, Oh, how awesome it is to like learn from Aaron and like the stuff that you can get from a hall of famer like that. And he's like, well, you know, you know, like with Tom and I'm sitting there thinking there's no fucking way Tom, <laughs> Tom was Tom. departing any wisdom on, on the Kyle Trask uh, that one year that they overlapped. So yeah. Um, Baker wins the starting job in Tampa. A couple other notes that I had here today that i thought were interesting um doug peterson cut his own son <laughs> his his son josh was tight end uh on the team cut him um, and long snapper the, i think right yeah yeah he was uh the colts don't currently have a player on their roster over 30 years old which Shit. is fucking wild steer into the youth movement i like it um but yeah, just a couple additional things that stood out. Anything else, you know, from your guys' perspective as we head into, uh, fuck man, we're, I guess as we're recording this on a Tuesday night, uh, we are nine days away, but I mean, we are basically a week away from the start of the season. Oh, I'm so excited. Uh, it is going to be interesting to see how Sam Howell does. Uh, he's been having a really good preseason. Kenny Pickett's had a really good preseason. He's ended every game with a touchdown, or at least his you know tenure ship on the field with a touchdown. Perfect passer rating in the preseason. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know this is one we're going to keep a very close eye on, but like Jordan Love looks better than what he's looked like in the past. So I think there's even some first year starters. I know Kenny Pickett yeah. started some last year, but first full season as a starter. There's some guys that could be making some names for themselves that are very exciting to see where they end up kind of pushing their team or elevating or, you know, helping their team out. Yeah. Some of those first year starters are definitely um, worth watching. I'm, I was reminded of this because I know I texted you guys like panic meters, you know, just like maybe bouncing a little bit on the end about Jordan Love. Um, and then I remembered the Bears' last preseason game last year. Justin Fields went like 14 of 16 for like 190 something <laughs> yards and two touchdowns. And then the Bears' offense looked like they forgot how to throw a football for the first four weeks of the season. So um, I'm going to pump the brakes on all preseason quarterback statistics when <laughs> no team is running anything of value. That's true. And, you know, it's just it's vanilla defenses. Yeah. Hat on a hat. The, the difference there is the Packers have an offensive line or at least the left side of the offensive line that'll yeah. that could keep love clean. Um, and a good running game for sure. Yeah. I, I the situation for Jordan Love is good. Um, but again, I'm I'm interested to see what he looks like when teams are scheming for him are mixing up coverages on him like the majority of his reps in the preseason, at least that I saw, were like play action, like schemed up stuff, which in the preseason is like, you know, it's, it's whatever easy money. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Hey, I mean, again, I, I don't think he I, I'm less convinced that he is total dog shit um, than I was before the preseason. But we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, I'm just pissed at uh, J-Rob for bringing up Sam Howell because I forgot uh, how pissed I was when Bailey Zappi was drafted in the fourth round over all these <laughs> fucking people. And now he's fucking cut. Did you, well, uh, 
Jacoby Brissett and Sam Howell are essentially what the <laughs> QB room could have been for the the Patriots. Did you also yeah. hear what Ron Rivera said? He said uh, had he known Sam Howell was this good, he would have started him earlier last year and they were on the brink of making the playoffs and in week 17 he played Wentz who went no touchdowns and three interceptions and then in the interview after that in the postgame interview he said he didn't know they were even in contention for a playoff spot yeah so it's like how is he now even going to have a job at the end of this year saying yeah I didn't know how was this going to be this good and well, we, we talked about sooner. that a little bit last episode I, I don't know if he's yeah. going to be around for whoever the next quarterback is there um but maybe it's Sam Howell. Who knows? I mean, stranger things have happened. That is for sure. Like crafting um, Cole Strange in the first round when he had a third round plus draft. Yeah. Thank, are we just d- twisting the knife on ev- everything tonight? Thank you, everybody. The uh, Well, you brought that up. <laughs> but now that you mention it, that draft class for the Patriots is a big old woof when you take a look at it holistically. Tyquan Thornton. Bailey Zappi, like it's. <laughs> hey, Taekwon might not start on the pup this year, right? Oh, oh no, I good. think he did. Good so, for him. Um, yeah, four games out. <laughs> keep the keep the wide receiver draft class coming, fucking Billichek. Thank you. <sighs> All right, guys. Anything else before we wrap up? Yeah, I'm ready. Well, I mean, I know we got one more week to talk matchups, and we're going to be in full swing talking about it, but. Fantasy draft this Friday, so I know we're a little tight to chest on how we feel about some uh, some guys. Yeah, may have, may have held back a, <laughs> a thought or two tonight based on that. <laughs> uh, My zappy dynasty picks really fucking me right now. Oh yeah, man, I'm uh, over uh, over levered in my zappy uh, picks, so that's uh, that's a tough one. So are you just gonna spend the night? Uh, scouring the waiver wire, knowing that the Bears can have any and everybody that they want from that. Yeah, I pretty much already looked at like the list. There, there wasn't any. There's nobody fun out there. Well, th- the only one is uh, Darius Rush, who was the corner from South Carolina this year in this year's draft, and he went in like the third round. And a lot of people thought he's like a first round type of talent, and somehow he got cut. So I don't know like what that means, but it seems like the kind of guy that you should maybe take a flyer on uh but no otherwise there there wasn't anything too sexy unfortunately i was hoping maybe some like sexy punt returner would show up because the bears don't have anybody on the roster that can apparently just catch a punt but uh <laughs> did Velas jones make it uh he he, he did make it Jeez, um okay. speed speed is one thing that if you have it um you will continue to get chances Aren't you supposed to bring the ball with you when when you have the speed though Isn't yeah the main issue no, I mean yeah. it is a gear of the kickers, though. The I think we had three kicker trades. That was pretty yeah. wild, actually. That Sean Payton got Will Lutz. We got our boy back. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord! All right, Alrighty, guys. Well, gentlemen. we will end there. Uh, next week we will do our week one preview and picks, which is going to be fun as hell. So um, yeah. We're almost there, boys. Yep. Stay safe, everybody. Have a good one.